ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय नारायण नमस्कृत नरम जैवनरोतम देवी सरस्वती व्यास तथो जय मुदीर ये नष्टाएद्रेशु निगवत सेवया भगवत्युतम श्लोके भक्तिर्भवतीनाष्ठिकी Before reciting the Shrimad Bhagavatam, which is the very means of conquest, one should offer respectful obeisances unto the personality of Godhead Narayana, unto Naranarayana Rishi, the supermost human being, unto Mother Saraswati, the goddess of learning, and unto Shrila Vyasadeva, the author. By regular attendance in the classes on Bhagavatam and by rendering of service to the pure devotee, all that is troublesome to the heart is almost completely destroyed. And loving service unto the personality of Godhead, who is praised with transcendental songs, is established as an irrevocable fact. नम ओं विष्णुपदा कृष्ण प्रेष्ठा भूतले श्रीमते भक्तिदातस्वामीनामिने नमस्ते सारस्वते देवे गौरवाणी प्रचारिणे निर्विशेषून्यवादी पाश्चातिणे जय श्रीकृष्णचैतन्य प्रभुनंदीअदाधर श्रीवासादिगौरभक्तवृंद हरे कृष्णा हरे कृष्णा कृष्ण कृष्ण हरे 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 राम हरे राम 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 हरे हरे सो वेलकम एवरीवन फॉर द थर्ड एपिसोड ऑफ श्री नरसिंह लीला सो वी विल बी रीडिंग फ्रॉम द पेजेस ऑफ श्रीमद भागवतम सो वी हैव ऑलरेडी रेड हाउ Jay and Vijay were cursed in the first episode, and in the second episode, we have seen how Hiranyaksha was killed by Lord Varaha, and also how Hiranyakashipu pacified his family members, uh, especially Hiranyaksha's wife and their ne- his nephews, how he pa- and his own mother as well, Diti, uh, by uh, instructing them by quoting to, quoting them the story of Yamaraj, how he went as a small boy. to the wives of king of ushinara province so in this way uh, diti was pacified and all the other members of the family were pacified and finally they did the funeral rites of hiranyaksha and now we will proceed after that what did hiranyakashipu do so this is from the seventh canto so we will begin <coughs> this is from the seventh canto third chapter Narad Muni said to Maharaj Yudhishthir The demoniac king Hiranyakashipu wanted to be wanted to be unconquerable and free from old age and dwindling of the body You see he, he spoke so much philosophy in the previous chapter that oh you know this this soul is eternal the body is temporary this and that and then now he wants to become immortal in the body So he wanted to be unconquerable and free from old age and dwindling of the body he wanted to gain all the yogic perfections like anima and laghima to be deathless and to be the only king of the entire universe including brahmaloka so there are ashta siddhi eight yogic perfections which are anima laghima um, prapti ishita vasita uh, prakamya 
Kamavasaita in this way. There are eight, eight uh, yogic perfections. So he wanted all of them and he wanted to be the only king of the entire universe. So in the valley of Mandara hill, Hiranyakashipu began performing his austerities by standing with his toes on the ground, keeping his arms upward and looking toward the sky. This position was extremely difficult, but he accepted it as a means to attain perfection. So I think I have a... Uh, I do not know if we have something. Let me see. Here it is. So this is, uh, as you can see, the hair, I mean the fire from his head, actually this is, you see it is explained here. From the hair on Hiranyakashipu's head, there emanated an effulgent, uh, there emanated an effulgent light as brilliant and intolerable as the rays of the sun at the time of dissolution. So at the time of dissolution, the sun becomes 12 times hotter. So, you can just imagine how the fire from his head was coming out. And seeing the performance of such austere penances, the demigods who had been wandering throughout the planets now returned to their respective homes. They were already afraid. You know. So, he was standing on the tips of his toes. Actually, we can't even stand like that for like 1-2 seconds. Uh, some ballet dancers, they, they stand on their you know, toes like that. But, you know, he was standing like that for 100 celestial years of the demigods. So, just imagine how, how much he was, you know, hungry after power. Because of Hiranyakashipu's severe austerities, I hope uh, the sound and all is alright, the sounds and visuals. I hope it is smooth today. Please uh, let me know in the comments if everything is smooth and alright. <clears throat> because of Hiranyakashipu's severe austerities, fire came from his head and fire and its smoke and this fire and its smoke spread throughout the sky, encompassing the upper and lower planets, which all became extremely hot. Because of the power of his severe austerities, all the rivers and oceans were agitated. The surface of the globe with its mountains and islands began trembling and the stars and planets fell. All directions were ablaze. Scorched and extremely disturbed because of Hiranyakashipu's severe penances, all the demigods left the planets where they reside and went to the planet of Lord Brahma. Whenever any demon you know, executes some severe austerities, uh, immediately all the demigods will proceed to Brahmaloka and then carry the complaint forward to Lord Vishnu. O Lord of the demigods, O Master, and they inform Brahma like this, O Lord of the demigods, O Master of the universe, because of the fire emanating from Hiranyakashipu's head as a result of his severe austerities, we have become so disturbed that we could not stay in our planets but have come to you. They could not even stay in their own planets. O great person, chief of the universe, if you think it proper, kindly stop these disturbances meant to destroy everything before all your obedient subjects are annihilated. Hiranyakashipu was, has undertaken a most severe type of austerity. Although his plan is not unknown to you, kindly listen as we submit his intentions. 
The supreme person within this universe, Lord Brahma, has gotten his exalted post by dint of severe austerities, mystic power and trance. Consequently, after creating the universe, he has become the most worshipable demigod within it. Since I am eternal and time is eternal, I shall endeavour for such austerity, mystic power and trance for many, many births and thus I shall occupy the same post occupied by Lord Brahma. So this is what Hiranyakashipu was thinking and the demigods are submitting Hiranyakashipu's mind to Brahma. So they understood his intentions. He wanted to become as big as Brahma. Continuing his intention, you know. By dint of my severe austerities, I shall reverse the results of pious and impious activities. You see, I shall overturn all the established practices within this world. Even Dhruvaloka will be vanquished at the end of the millennium. Therefore, what is the use of it? I shall prefer to remain in the position of Brahma. <laughs> Actually, it is said that the Dhruvaloka will not be vanquished even after this. Um, because it is one of the Vaikuntha It is said in the fourth canto, I think in the Bhagavatam. So, that is explained there. So, Dhruvaloka actually will not be destroyed after, at the destruction of the universe. But Brahma will be finished. But here he is, uh, this uh, Hiranyakashipu is thinking that Brahma will stay on, but Hiranyakashipu, I mean this, this Dhruvaloka will go away. So, he wanted to become Brahma. O Lord, we have heard from reliable sources that in order to obtain your post, Hiranyakashipu is now engaged in severe austerity. You are the master of the three worlds. Please, without delay, take whatever steps you deem appropriate. Lord Brahma, O Lord Brahma, your position within this universe is certainly most auspicious for everyone, especially the cows and brahmanas. Brahminical culture and the protection of cows can be increasingly glorified and thus all kinds of material happiness, opulence and good fortune will automatically increase. But unfortunately, if Hiranyakashipu occupies your seat, everything will be lost. So he wanted to overturn the now the established position established rule is that law of karma established by the lord is that if we commit urdham gachanti sattvastha madhya tishthanti rajasa jaganya gunavrittistha adho gachanti tamasa this is explained in the 14th chapter 18th verse that you know you can see that if we do good activities I mean in the mode of goodness then we will go to the heavenly planets if we perform mediocre activities then we may remain on the earthly planet. And if we do sinful activities, we may go down to the hellish worlds or in the animal kingdom. So, but he wanted to reverse. No. In the mode of ignorance, everybody will go to heaven. Next time he came as Ravan, he also did the same thing. He wanted to build a staircase to heaven. No need of all those, you know, these pious activities. and Just build a staircase and go by the staircase into heaven. But all, all failed. All these plans failed. So, you see, uh, he wanted to reverse. Or if anybody does pious activities, cow protection, worship the Lord, uh, he will go to hell. He wanted to do like this. Just, just see how this, um, you know, mentality of these demons is. So, we'll go back to the story. <clears throat> then the dem- demigods further said, O king, Being thus informed by the demigods, the most powerful Lord Brahma, accompanied by Bhrigu, Daksha and other great sages, immediately started for the place where Hiranyakashipu was performing his penances and austerities. See, not only Lord Brahma went, he he was accompanied by Bhrigu, Daksha and other great sages. 
they started for the place where Hiranyakashipu was performing his austerities. Lord Brahma, who is carried by a swan airplane, at first could not see where Hiranyakashipu was. For Hiranyakashipu's body was covered by an anthill and by grass and bamboo sticks. Because Hiranyakashipu had been there for a long time, the ants had devoured his skin, fat, flesh and blood. Then Lord Brahma and the demigod spotted him, resembling a cloud-covered sun, heating all the world by his austerity. Struck with wonder, Lord Brahma began to smile and then addressed him as follows. You see, okay, I will see if I have that picture and I will show. Uh, here it is. You see this? How his body was covered by this anthill. You know how long he was there in that position. He was there for 100 heavenly years, which is, in our calculation, 36,500 years of earth. So that long he has been just in the same position without drinking a drop of water. Now this was how serious Hiranyakashipu was for his materialistic ends. In fact, we have the same example of Dhruva Maharaj. He wanted a kingdom also greater than Brahma. And he also engaged in severe austerity, but he worshipped Vishnu and therefore he was purified. But here we have example of uh, Hiranyakashipu, where he worshipped Brahma and not, not Vishnu. He was, In fact, he was dead against Vishnu. So, you see what happened. So, both went Sthanabhilashi. They were, I mean, wishing to occupy a very great post in this universe. But, because of the different directions they took, completely opposite results. Dhruva Maharaj actually attained a post. Not only was he blessed by the Lord, the Lord gave him Dhruva Loka, a planet higher than Brahma Loka. Because he wanted to show that his devotees are not just, you know, um, you know, what illusioned by the Lord and then they don't want to ask and then the Lord cannot give. That's why he just makes magic and then the devotees will forget all those desires and they will remain poor. No, he wanted to give and show. You wanted this, then no, 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 I, I don't want any more. No, no, I will give you this. Still I will give you, even though you don't want. Then you will lead the inhabitants there peacefully and it will be one of the Vaikuntalokas. See how the Lord uh, has given him. But here, Hiranyakashipu, completely opposite. So, as you can see here in the picture, actually you can see here the bones, you see, half of the body is with bones, half of the body, no. But actually, it was completely only bones. Then Lord Brahma actually gave him. So, this was actually while he was being transformed into the youthful body. So, but actually his only were bones, now you will see, you will read. You see. Lord Brahma said, O son of Kashyapamuni, please get up. All good fortune unto you. You are now perfect in the performance of your austerities and therefore I may give you a benediction. You may now ask from me whatever you desire and I shall try to fulfill your wish. I have been very much astonished to see your endurance. In spite of being eaten and bitten by all kinds of worms and ants, you are keeping your life air circulating within your bones. Certainly, this is very wonderful. See, th 
this is and Prabhupada writes in the purport here it appears that the soul can exist even through the bones as shown by the personal example of Hiranyakashipu when great yogis are in Samadhi even when their bodies are buried and there's you know you see even when their bodies are buried and their skin marrow blood and so on have all been eaten if only their bones remain they can exist in a transcendental position very recently an archaeologist published findings indicating that Lord Christ, Jesus Christ, after being buried was exhumed and that he then went to Kashmir. There have been many actual examples of yogis being burned in trance and exhumed alive and in good condition several hours later. A yogi can keep himself alive in a transcendental state even if buried not only for many days but for many years. And that's how Jesus Christ, he again resurrected. And even we see in the example of Lord Brahma, he was on the bed of arrows. All the blood has already drained out from his body. Every single inch, the arrows were so densely on his body that every single inch of his skin was pierced by arrows. And he was lying there for how many days? The, the battle of Kurukshetra itself went on for 18 days. But he fell on the 10th day itself. And even after the whole battle finished, and Ashwatham, I mean the King Parikshit was saved and after that, they went and saw Bhishma Dev. So, so many days he was lying there, for about a month. All blood drained and nothing to eat, nothing. And then when they met him, they, then Arjuna shot an arrow into the ground and then the water sprung up like a fountain and into Brahma, uh, uh, Bhishma's mouth. So, they, he, he could keep it like that, you know. Even when Haridas Thakur was being beaten, whipped in 22 marketplaces, he kept, you know, they, he kept himself. So, this is, these are some of the great um, uh, achievements by yogis. They, although it, it goes beyond logic, how can, come on, you know, if all the heart and everything is eaten, all the muscles, fat, flesh, everything is eaten, skin, how the life air is travelling through the bones, uh, this is very difficult to understand. But this has been proven. Hiranyakashipu actually did that. And Jesus Christ also did that. So now, even saintly persons like Bhrigu, born previously, could not perform such severe austerities. Nor will anyone in the future be able to do so. Who within these three worlds can sustain his life without even drinking water for 100 celestial years. Very, very difficult. One drop of water he did not drink. My dear son of Diti, with your great determination and austerity, you have done what was impossible even for great saintly persons. And thus I have certainly been conquered by you. Now, if you see this, he has done an austerity even much greater than even devotees could do, even the greatest of devotees. But the result is not as great as what the devotees could have. See this. So, it is, it is not exactly the severity of the austerity, but by the mercy of the spiritual master and Krishna. And if here, Hiranyakashipu had no mercy of Krishna. Therefore, ultimately he was finished, even after his severe austerity. Whereas, devotees do not have to do such severe austerities. That's why it is said in the Bhagavatam. Actually, first we will go to the Bhagavad Gita, because... There it is explained in the 17th chapter. 
what demoniac people will do you see ashastra vihitam ghoram tapyante ye tapojanah dambhahankara samyuktah kamaraga balanvitah karshayantah sharirastham bhutagramam achetasah maam chaivantah sharirastham tanvidhi asuran nischayan oh everybody is saying so today is very clear and smooth so yeah <laughs> Sometimes, you know, bad things happen so that we can learn from them and improve upon. Failure is a step, stepping stone to success. <laughs> so, alright, by Krishna's grace, we have, you know, by Narasimhadev's mercy, we have smooth um, experience today. And we hope to increase this quality more and more as we go on. Alright, so, the translation, what is this? Those who undergo severe austerities and penances not recommended in the scriptures. See, severe austerities and penances not recommended in the scriptures, performing them out of pride and egoism, who are impelled by lust and attachment, who are foolish and who torture the material elements of the body as well as the super soul dwelling within are to be known as demons. If you torture yourself and you know do this tapasya, which is not recommended in the scriptures. What is recommended in the scriptures? That is also explained in the ninth chapter. What is that? You should all know this verse by now. Yat karoshi yad ashnasi yajjuhoshi dadasi yat yat tapasya sikaunteya kurushvatadmadarpanam Whatever you do, whatever you eat, whatever you offer and give or give away and whatever austerities you perform, Do that, O son of Kunti, as an offering unto me. So, austerities is, yes, yat tapasya, see, see that? So, that is what we need to do. So, authorized tapasya means, tapo divyam putrakayena sattvam shuddhet yasmad brahma saukhyam tu anantam. Tapo divyam, we have to do tapasya for, uh, this is explained, I think, uh, you know, this verse. This is in the fifth canto of Srimad Bhagavatam. This is the, I think, uh, first verse. Yeah. 551 of Srimad Bhagavatam. Rishabhadev said, Nayam deho deho bhajam niraloke kashtan kaman arhate vidbhujam yem tapo divyam putrakayena sattvam shuddhet yasmad brahma saukhyam dvanantam. Lord Rishabhadev told his sons, My dear boys, of all the living entities who have accepted material bodies in this world, one who has been awarded this human form should not work hard day and night simply for sense gratification, which is available even for dogs and hogs that eat stool. One should engage in penance and austerity to attain the divine position of devotional service. By such activity, one's heart is purified and when one attains this position, he attains eternal blissful life which is transcendental to material happiness and which continues forever. This is the tapasya we need to do. But when demoniac people do tapasya, they do tapasya like this. 17 chapter Bhagavad Gita, texts 5 and 6. So now going back to this um, verse here, uh, there is also another which I wanted to show. One second. Here, 
in the 1719 you can see you see mudha grahenaatmano yat pidaya kriyate tapaha parasyot sadhanartham va tat tamasam udahritam penance performed out of foolishness with self torture or to destroy or injure others is said to be in the mode of ignorance tamasik tapasya is not sattvik tapasya tamasik tapasya and sometimes it is done with patriotism like gandhi did he he you know he did for um, the country that is also not recommended in the scriptures only for vishnu yat tapasya sikantaya tat kurushvam madarpanam he said for my uh, cause you should do tapasya like ekadashi janmashtami fasting this is enough patram pushpam phalam thoyam very simple offerings are enough to satisfy the lord in fact once there was uh, one person um who argued with me because they follow some here there is a um, festival called thaipusam where they pierce their body with all kind of needles and everything so it is torturous actually so, so but they do this for uh, kartikeya lord kartikeya the commander in chief of the demigods so tamil people um, very much they worship him they call him murugan so they do this festival and he was arguing with me no you know um, uh, how can going to god be so easy that you just to chant and you know you go back no i mean ordinary things we have to work so hard you know going to god should be very hard no so this is chanting and you know, no we have to you know take all pierces our body and you know blood coming out this this we have to do like this so i said see and then i showed of course this verse of course he did not agree at the time um, but this is the thing but they don't so people usually don't want to learn from the shastra they have their own ideas that's why in the 8th chapter of bhagavad gita it is said that the not 8th chapter 7th chapter you see this is 7th chapter 20th verse kamaistaisa hritagnana prapadyante anya devatah tam tam niyamam asthaya prakritya niyata svaya those whose intelligence has been stolen by material desires surrender unto demigods and follow the particular rules and regulations of worship according to their own natures they concoct their own you know uh, way of worship hiranyakashipu uh, also there was no mention in the shastra that you have to do like this you know stand on the tip of your toes and with the hands upraised but he just did it you know his own tapasya so in this way they are deluded so let's go back so here we are so he said my dear son of diti with your great determination austerity you have done what was impossible even for great saintly persons and thus i have certainly been conquered by you o best of the asuras for this reason i am now prepared to give you all benedictions according to your desire i belong to the celestial world of the demigods who do not die like human beings therefore although you are subject to death <laughs> your audience with me will not go in vain <laughs> he already gave him a precursor like what is i know what you have come for but we don't die as you all do as human beings do um so although you will die but um, you know your your tapasya will come into fruition <laughs> so actually in the purport prabhupada explains it appears that human beings and asuras are subject to death whereas the demigods are not the demigods who reside with brahmaloka i mean with lord brahma and satyaloka go to vaikuntha loka in their present bodily constructions at the time of dissolution 
Therefore, although Hiranyakashipu had undergone severe austerities, Lord Brahma predicted that he had to die. He could not become immortal and even gain equal status with the demigods. The great austerities and penances he had performed for so many years could not give him protection from death. This was foretold by Brahma. So, next, Narad Muni continued. After speaking these words to Hiranyakashipu, Lord Brahma, the original being of the universe, who is extremely powerful, sprinkled transcendental infallible spiritual spiritual water from his kamandalu. You know what's a kamandalu? That pot which sages carry and they from the from that water they you know uh, they can utter curse or they can utter blessings you know, in this way. So Hiranyakashipu had a kamandalu and he sprinkled some water on Hiranyakashipu and you see what happened. Upon Hiranyakashipu's body which had been eaten away by ants and moths, thus he enlivened in Hiranyakashipu. As soon as he was sprinkled with the water from Lord Brahma's water pot, Hiranyakashipu arose, endowed with a full body with limbs so strong that they could bear the striking of a thunderbolt. You know, every time we sing the song, Shilatanka Anakhalaya, stone heart, and this chest like, was like stone, you know. It was actually not just ordinary stone. Ordinary stone would break when lightning hits. Mountains are broken, mountain peaks are broken when lightning hits hard. But... Even lightning bolt, thunderbolt, he could, uh, you see, he could, he could uh, bear. That how that that was how hard his body was. And Narasimhadev just like, you know, just like opened as if like a zip, you know, ziplock bag, and just tss, open. <laughs> the demigods could not open. Demigods could not touch him. Hmm. You will see all that now. So, his limbs were so strong that they could bear the striking of a thunderbolt. With physical strength and a bodily luster resembling, resembling molten gold, he emerged from the anthill a completely young man, just as fire springs from fuel wood. So, that is this one. So, on the swan carrier, you can see on the, in the, at the top, the swan carrier and Brahma is sitting on the swan. His vehicle is a swan, just like Lord Vishnu has Garuda. The eagle, the great eagle. Uh, the swan is the carrier of the Lord Brahma. And Lord Shiva, he rides on the bull, Nandi. So, in this way, Brahma came and that's why you see in the painting, half is with bones and the other half is full rejuvenated body. So, actually this was the transformation, transformation that was happening into a completely new body. <coughs> Seeing Lord Brahma present before him in the sky, carried by his swan airplane, Hiranyakashipu was extremely pleased. He immediately fell flat with his head on the ground and began to express his obligation to the Lord. Here, you see how he prays to Lord Brahma. Then getting up from the ground and seeing Lord Brahma before him, the head of the Daityas was overwhelmed with jubilation. With tears in his eyes, his whole body shivering, he began praying in a humble mood with folded hands and a faltering voice to satisfy Lord Brahma. Let me offer my respectful obeisances unto the Supreme Lord within this universe. At the end of each day of his life, the universe is fully covered with dense darkness by the influence of time. And then again during his next day, that self-effulgent Lord, by his own effulgence, manifests, maintains and destroys the entire cosmic manifestation through the material energy, which is invested with the three modes of material nature. He, Lord Brahma, is the shelter of those modes of nature, Sattvagun, Rajagun and Tamagun. Actually, he is speaking nonsense here. Because... This is not exactly the fact. Uh, 
Lord Brahma is not the supreme controller and time is not under his control and the three modes are not under his control. In fact, he is the um, Gunavatar. Gunavatar means uh, he is the in charge of one of the three Gunas, which is Rajogun. He is the Rajogun Avatar. There are actually six kinds of Avatars of the Lord. You know that? Six types, six categories of Avatars. So, there is Yuga Avatar. Now, first there is Purusha Avatar. Then there is uh, Yuga Avatar. Then there is Leela Avatar. There is um, Manmantra Avatar. Then there is Shaktyavesh Avatar. Then the other is... Uh, what is that? What did I miss? Purusha Avatar. Leela Avatar. Yuga Avatar. Manmantra Avatar. Shaktyavesh Avatar. And... Gunavatar, correct. <laughs> the one which you are talking about. Gunavatar. So, six types of avatars. So, of course, that is a big topic. Maybe we can do another session on that one alone. But, in the Gunavatar, so Lord Vishnu is the in charge of the mode of goodness, Satvagun. And Lord Brahma is in charge of mode of passion, Rajagun. And Lord Shiva is in charge of the mode of ignorance, Tamagun. So, all three of them are actually partial incarnations of Krishna. So, they are called Gunavatar. They are especially empowered to manage the three different modes of the material nature. Of course, Lord Vishnu is Krishna himself, but Lord Shiva and Lord Brahma, although they are demigods, they are in charge of this very high position. But here he is saying that Lord Brahma is the shelter of the three modes of material nature. So, that is wrong. So, in fact, he will say all these prayers that are actually meant for Krishna, but he addresses Brahma with all these prayers. And he says, I offer my obeisances to the original personality within this universe, Lord Brahma, who is cognizant and who can apply his mind and realize intelligence in creating this cosmic manifestation. It is because of his activities that everything within the universe is visible. He is therefore the cause of all manifestations. In fact, in the previous verse, he also said by his own self-effulgent Lord. He is saying self-effulgent Lord. Uh, he is not self-effulgent. Self-effulgent means there is nothing beyond his power. He can do everything by his own will. But actually, no, Lord Brahma was in complete ignorance when he was born and he did not know what to do. And not only when he was born, every day when he wakes up, he forgets how to create. Every day. Just like when we wake up, we are groggy and then, you know, you know we are forgetful of our duties. After some time when we are completely woken up, oh yeah, I have to do this, I have to do that, you know, everything comes up, you know, all this. So, like that, Brahma is also groggy when he wakes up. And then he, he doesn't, he doesn't remember all the, how he created and the Lord has to give him intelligence every single day to create the rest of the planets. Because until Svargaloka is all submerged within the universal waters. So, he was not self He is not independent of the Supreme Lord. So, then we have, I offer my obeisances to the original personality. Okay, this is where I have read already. Your Lordship, being the origin of the life of this material world, is the master and controller of the living entities, both moving and stationary, and you inspire their consciousness. You maintain the mind and acting the and the acting and knowledge acquiring senses. You maintain the mind and the acting and knowledge acquiring senses, and therefore you are the great controller of all the material elements and their qualities, and you are the controller of all desires. See, this Hiranyakashipu is not a fool, you know. He knows the Shastras very well. What happens like when Brahma sleeps in the night, what happens when he wakes up, everything he is describing here. He knows everything. He is son of a great Brahmana and he was very well versed in all the Vedas. 
you see how he he spoke this story in the in the previous chapter yesterday we read i mean completely full of self realization in that story but you see he is demoniac the thing the wrong thing with him was he was against lord vishnu if only he was a devotee of vishnu completely different so even after all vedic knowledge if one does not come to the point of worshiping the lord one is just a fool um, that is explained many places in the bhagavatam <coughs> there is a uh, 10 you know the what is that 10 four 4 10 4 10 14 4 yeah we will go there 10.14.4 Shreyasritim bhakti mudasyate vibho klishyanti ye kevala bodha labdhaye te shamasau kleshala eva shishyate nanyad yathasthula tushava ghatinam My dear Lord, devotional service unto you is the best path for self-realization. If someone gives up that path, if someone gives up devotional service, and engages in the cultivation of speculative knowledge he will simply undergo a troublesome process and will not achieve his desired result as a person who beats an empty husk of wheat cannot get grain one who simply speculates cannot achieve self realization his only gain is trouble so this is the point and also this verse is worth seeing i wanted to show a little while earlier you see this येन्येरविंदाक्ष विमुक्तमानिनस्तवयस्तभावादविशुद्धबुद्धय आरुह्य कृच्छ्रेण परं पदं ततः पतन्त्यधो नाद्रतयुष्मदंघ्रयः सो यू सी ऑफ कोर्स इन द ब्रैकेट्स इट इज सेड आई विल जस्ट रीड द वन व्हिच इज बियॉन्ड द ब्रैकेट्स ओ लोटस आइड लॉर्ड Although non-devotees who accept severe austerities and penances to achieve the highest position may think themselves liberated, their intelligence is impure. They fall down from their position of imagined superiority because they have no regard for your lotus feet. This is exactly the um, situation of Hiranyakashipu. He has no regard for the lotus feet of Krishna. He just want aruhya krishna by severe austerities he has achieved such a high position, greater than any demigod. but he had to fall down dead so your lordship he is addressing brahma again he is continuing his prayers you see your lordship being the origin of the life of this material world is the master and controller of the living entities both moving and stationary and you inspire their consciousness you maintain the mind and the acting and knowledge acquiring senses and therefore you are the great controller of all the material elements and their qualities and you are the controller of all desires my dear lord by your form as the vedas personified and through knowledge relating to the activities of all the yagnik brahmanas you spread the vedic ritualistic ceremonies of the seven kinds of sacrifices headed by agnishtoma indeed you inspire the yagnik brahmanas to perform the rituals mentioned in the three vedas being the supreme soul you see how he is praying being the supreme soul the super soul of all living entities you are beginningless endless and omniscient beyond the limits of time and space so brahma actually has 78% of the qualities of god he also has omniscience in this universe he has it so he has to a limit whereas lord knows the, the entire all universes and all the 
spiritual world, everything. So, but Brahma, the most perfect living entity in this material world, has the qualities of Krishna, not 100%, but 78% of it, in minute quantities. 78% of the qualities, but in very minute quantities, compared to the, what the Lord has. Even that itself, although very minute fraction, it's very, very great. He knows how to create, he has so many mystic, he is a complete mystic. All the eight mystic perfections he has and he can create the entire universe, you know, he can, he knows what is going on in every part of the universe. So, this omniscience they have, Lord Brahma has. So, but Hiranyakashipu is making the mistake of equating him to the position of super super soul, Paramatma. That, That he is not. Not exactly everything he knows, until what, until the, to the extent that the Supreme Lord Krishna knows. So, <clears throat> oh my Lord, your Lordship is eternally awake, which is not, because he sleeps. Seeing everything that happens, as eternal time, you reduce the duration of life of all living entities through your different parts, such as moments, seconds, minutes and hours. So, he is equating the Lord Brahma to time. But actually, Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita, Kalosme Lokakshaya Krit Pravriddho. Uh, what is that? Uh, I forget always the second line. Wait, one second. I think 1132 of Bhagavad Gita. Samahartum, something. Lokan samahartum eha pravrittaha. You see? Kalosmi lokakshayakrit pravridho lokan samahartum eha pravrittaha. So the Supreme Personality of Godhead said, Time I am the great destroyer of the worlds and I have come here to destroy all people. With the exception of you, the Pandavas and all the soldiers here on both sides will be slain. So even in Kunti's Devi's, Kunti Devi's prayers we hear that Manyetvam kalamishanam anadinidhanam vibhum samam charantam sarvatra bhutanam yan mitha kalihi. Think 28, 1828. You see? Manyetvam kalamishanam. My Lord, I consider your Lordship to be eternal time, the supreme controller without beginning and end, the all pervasive one. In distributing your mercy, you are equal to everyone. The dissensions between living entities are due to social intercourse. So, the Lord is actually time, but here Lord Brahma is taken to be the time. So, you see, through your different parts such as moments, seconds, minutes and hours, you reduce the duration of life of everyone. So, the Lord is actually reducing the life of everyone, moment by moment, second by second. With each second passing, He is just reducing our life. We are just reaching our expiry date. The expiry date of this body though, the soul doesn't expire. So, we should always remember that. Therefore, uh, what is that? Kshana ekopi nalabhya swarna koti bhi. Ayusha, Ayusha kshana ekopi nalabhya swarna koti bhi. Even if we pay millions and billions of dollars, we cannot get even one second back. They say time is money. Time is money. No. Time is much more than money. Because how much of a money you pay, you cannot give, get even one second back. So, one second of time is more than all the money in the world. Because with all the money, you cannot buy one second. 
therefore one must only use the time most valuable time in the most uh, wise manner which is to engage in devotional service that is explained in the second canto of Srimad Bhagavatam Ayur Harati Vaipum Sam Udyan Nastam Chayan Nasau Tasyarte Yat Kshanonita Uttama Shloka Vartaya both by rising and by setting, the sun decreases the duration of life of everyone, except one who utilizes the time by discussing topics of the all-good personality of Godhead. So when we discuss about Krishna, now, like now what we are doing here, this time is not a waste. This time is not a waste. Waste is that time when, uh, what is that? Mahachidram. Um, uh, Vishnupuran. So, uh, one second lost in you know forgetfulness of the Lord is the worst um, illusion. It is the worst. Um, I mean, I mean, it is the worst thing ever. It is explained here, you see nicely Vishnu Puran. Actually, I think it's way below. Okay, you see. Hmm? There are many verses actually. Ah, here it is. In the Vishnu Puran, Sahanistan Mahachitra. If even for a moment remembrance of Vasudev, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, is missed. That is the greatest loss, that is the greatest illusion, and that is the greatest anomaly. So, this is Vishnu Purana, you see. So, unless we use in this way, we are actually, it's a waste of time. We are, we, all our assets are being depleted. Hmm. Only this asset will not deplete. Dharmo Nishta, Dharmo Vittam Niranam Pretya. The Dharma is the wealth of those who are passing away from this world, with that they will attain their next destination. And if they are rich in dharma, they will attain, if they are complete in dharma, they will attain the kingdom of God. Nonetheless, you are unchanged, resting in one place as the super soul, witness and supreme lord, the birthless, all-pervading controller who is the cause of life for all living entities. There is nothing separate from you, whether it be better or lower, stationary or moving. The knowledge derived from the Vedic literatures like the Upanishads and from the sublims of the original Vedic knowledge form your external body. The entire Vedas are actually generated from the mouth of Lord Brahma. Um, he heard first the flute sound of Krishna which manifested as Om and the Gayatri Mantra and that revealed the entire uh, the entire uh, Vedic knowledge expanded into the entire Vedic knowledge and thus he passed down the knowledge. In fact, the first word that he ever heard was Tapa, austerity, Tapa and he engaged in Tapasya to please the Supreme Lord. But here Hiranyakashipu is doing Tapasya to please himself. This is the difference. It is not about how much you do, it's for what you do. Bhavagrahi Janardhan, what is our Bhava? The other day I was uh, discussing with one um, uh, Mataji 
ಒಂದು ಕಾಲ್ ಸೊ ಲೈಕ್ ನರಸಿಂಹ ಕವಚ ಫಾರ್ ಎಕ್ಸಾಂಪಲ್ ನರಸಿಂಹ ಫಾರ್ ಪ್ರೊಟೆಕ್ಷನ್ ಅ ನಾನ್ ಡಿವೋಟಿ ವುಡ್ ಪ್ರೊಟೆಕ್ಟ್ ವುಡ್ ಆಸ್ಕ್ ಫಾರ್ ಪ್ರೊಟೆಕ್ಷನ್ ಆಫ್ ಹಿಸ್ ಬಾಡಿ ಆಫ್ ಹಿಸ್ ಆಫ್ ಹಿಸ್ ಎಸೆಟ್ಸ್ ಆಫ್ ಹಿಸ್ ವರ್ಕ್ ಆಫ್ ಹಿಸ್ ಫ್ಯಾಮಿಲಿ ಆಫ್ ಹಿಸ್ ಆಲ್ ದೀಸ್ ಮೆಟೀರಿಯಲ್ ಎಸೆಟ್ಸ್ ಡಿವೋಟಿ ಮೆ ಚಾಂಡ್ ದ ಸೇಮ್ ಶ್ಲೋಕಸ್ ಬಟ್ ಹೀ ಮೇ ಆಸ್ಕ್ ಫಾರ್ ಪ್ರೊಟೆಕ್ಷನ್ ಫ್ರಮ್ ಮಾಯಾ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಟು ಪ್ರೊಟೆಕ್ಟ್ ಹಿಸ್ ಡಿವೋಷನಲ್ ಸರ್ವಿಸ್ ಟು ಕೃಷ್ಣ ಜಸ್ಟ್ ಲೈಕ್ ದ ಭಕ್ತಿವಿನೋ ಠಾಕೂರ್ಸ್ ಫೈವ್ ವರ್ಸಸ್ ಇನ್ ದ ನವದ್ವಿ ಭಾವ ತರಂಗ ಸೊ ದೇರ್ ಭಕ್ತಿವಿನೋ ಠಾಕೂರ್ ಇಸ್ ಟೀಚಿಂಗ್ ಅಸ್ ಆಲ್ಸೋ ಪ್ರಹ್ಲಾದ್ ಮಹಾರಾಜ್ ಇಸ್ ಟೀಚಿಂಗ್ ಅಸ್ ಇನ್ ದ ಭಾಗವತಂ ಹೌ ವಿ ಶುಡ್ ಪ್ರೇ ಟು ದ ಲಾರ್ಡ್ ಹಿ ಇಸ್ ಆಸ್ಕಿಂಗ್ ಹಿಮ್ ಪ್ಲೀಸ್ ಎಂಗೇಜ್ ಮೀ ಇನ್ ದ ಸರ್ವಿಸ್ ಆಫ್ ಯುವರ್ ಸರ್ವೆಂಟ್ ಲೇಟರ್ ಇನ್ ದ ಸೆವೆಂತ್ ಕಾಂಡ್ರೋ ಯು ವಿಲ್ ಸಿ ಸೊ ದ ಭಾವ ದ ಸೇಮ್ ಪ್ರೇಯರ್ಸ್ ಮೇ ಬಿ ಸೆಟ್ ಬೈ ದ ಡಿವೋಟಿ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ದ ನಾನ್ ಡಿವೋಟಿ ಯು ಮೆ ಸೇ ಹೌ ದೇ ಆರ್ ನಾನ್ ಡಿವೋಟಿ ಮೇ ಬಿ ಮೆಟೀರಿಯಲಿಸ್ಟಿಕ್ ಡಿವೋಟಿ ಯು ನೋ ದೇ ಆರ್ ಇಂಟ್ರೆಸ್ಟೆಡ್ ಇನ್ ಮೆಟೀರಿಯಲ್ ದೇ ಹ್ಯಾವ್ ದೇರ್ ಓನ್ ಎಜೆಂಡಾ ಬಟ್ ಡಿವೋಟಿ ಮೇ ಚಾಂಡ್ ದ ಸೇಮ್ ಪ್ರೇಯರ್ಸ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಸಮಟೈಮ್ಸ್ ಈವನ್ ದ ನಾನ್ ಡಿವೋಟೀಸ್ ಮೇ ಡೂ ತಪಸ್ಸ ಮೋರ್ ಗ್ರೇಟರ್ ಲೈಕ್ ವಾಟ್ ಹಿರಣ್ಯ ಕಶ್ಯಪ್ ಇಟ್ ಯು ನೋ ದ ಫಾಸ್ಟಿಂಗ್ ದ ಫಾಸ್ಟಿಂಗ್ ದೇ ಮೇ ಡೂ ಮೋರ್ ದನ್ ಡಿವೋಟೀಸ್ ಬಟ್ ದ ರೀಸನ್ ಇಸ್ ವಾಟ್ ಟು ಪ್ಲೀಸ್ ದ ಲಾಡ್ ಆನ್ ಟು ವಾಟ್ ಸೊ ಟು ಪ್ಲೀಸ್ ದ ಲಾಡ್ ಮೀನ್ಸ್ ವಿ ಜಸ್ಟ್ ಹ್ಯಾವ್ ಟು ಡೂ ವಾಟ್ ದ ಗುರು ಸೇಸ್ ಆಫ್ಕೋರ್ಸ್ ವಿ ಕ್ಯಾನ್ ಡೂ ಮೋರ್ ಬಟ್ ಇಫ್ ವಿ ಡೂ ಪ್ರೀಮೆಚ್ಯೂರ್ಲಿ ಇಟ್ ಮೇ ಆಲ್ಸೋ ಗೆಟ್ ಅಸ್ ಪಫ್ಟ್ ಅಪ್ ಓ ಐ ಆಮ್ ಡೂಯಿಂಗ್ ಸೋ ಮಚ್ ಆಸ್ಟರಿಟೀಸ್ ಐ ಆಮ್ ಬೆಟರ್ ದನ್ ಅದರ್ ಡಿವೋಟೀಸ್ ಫಿನಿಶ್ just one stroke maya one stroke you should just slap us down so we should even if one does you know extra tapas and all he must you know uh, his mindset must be his bhava the whole thing is bhava how in what mood are we doing all these things <clears throat> you are hiranyagarbha the reservoir of the universe again not hiranyagarbha is actually the lord's name but nonetheless being situated as a supreme controller you are transcendental to the material world which consists of the three modes of material nature he is not transcendental again of course as a pure devotee he is transcendental but as a demigod in that function that brahma position is not transcendental that's why krishna said in the 8th chapter 16th verse he is not transcendental no oh, sorry you see he says abrahma bhuvanalokan punaravartino arjuna maam upetitu kaunteya punarjanmana vidyate from the highest planet in the material world down to the lowest all are places of misery wherein repeated birth and death take place but one who attains to my abode o son of kunti never takes birth again so this is another place also it is said ಬಟ್ nobody and the entire host of demigods they all are not free from this and this is also is explained here in this verse chapter 7 text 13 of bhagavad gita the other the previous one was 1840 now it's 713 tribhirgunamayairbhavair ebhi jagat mohitam na bhijanati mame bhya paramavyayam deluded by the three modes goodness passion and ignorance the whole world does not know me who am above the modes and inexhaustible when he says the whole world you know 
who's the whole world nabe vidusuraganah prabhavanti prabhavam na maharshayaham aham adirhi devanam maharshinam cha sarvashah you see neither the hosts of the demigods nor the great sages know my origin or opulences for in every respect i am the source of the demigods and sages and therefore they do not know the whole world does not know me mm. so you see how all this philosophy is weaved into the story of narasimha leela this hiranyakashipu the brahma everything <clears throat> Oh my lord being changelessly situated in your own abode you expand your universal form within this cosmic manifestation thus appearing to taste the material world you are brahman the super soul the oldest the personality of godhead so this is actually meant for the lord lord vishnu so he misdirected it to brahma this is the problem uh, this is the problem they don't want to accept they just stubborn not to accept lord vishnu let me offer my respectful obeisances unto the supreme who is who in his unlimited unmanifested form has expanded the cosmic manifestation the form of the totality of the universe he possesses external and internal energies and the mixed energy called the marginal potency which consists of all the living entities see he knows all the philosophy but he just doesn't want to mention vishnu's name at all he doesn't want to give any credit to vishnu or krishna that's why he is a demon dwabhuta sarga loke smin daiva asura evacha Vishnu Bhakta Smrito Daiva Asurastad Viparyaya Padma Puran So there are only two kinds of people in this world the godly and the demoniac the godly are those who uh, are devotees of Vishnu and those who are not they are demoniac So he although he knew great shastric knowledge he has but against Vishnu so demon the point to be noted is even though he is a great devotee of the demigod great devotee you know like how much dedication he had for 136500 earthly years 100 years of this demigods he did such a great austerity i mean who is doing like that he unmatched he is brahma himself certified nobody has ever done this before um, so even though such a great devotee of a demigod he cannot be equated to the devotee of vishnu who is his son he could not even damage his son one bit uh, there is a difference so however great one may be a devotee of any demigod Uh, he is not equal to the devotee of lord vishnu or krishna oh my lord o best of the givers of benediction if you will kindly grant me the benediction i desire please let me not meet death from any of the living entities created by you and by the way if you have any questions please drop in in the comments uh, so that we can um, right now until now i don't see any questions coming in so if you have any questions feel free to drop them in the comment section and we will take it up and answer them in the end of the session so continuing on grant me that i not die within any residence or outside okay grant me that i not die within any residence or outside any residence during the daytime or at night nor on the ground or in the sky grant me that my death not be brought by any being other than those created by you nor by any weapon nor by any human being or animal grant me that i not meet death by from any entity living or non living grant me further that i not be killed by any demigod or demon or any 
or by any great snake from the lower planets. Since no one can kill you in the battlefield, you have no competitor. Therefore, grant me the benediction that I too may have no rival. Give me sole lordship over all the living entities and presiding deities and give me all the glories obtained by that position. Furthermore, give me all the mystic powers attained by long austerities in the practice of yoga for those for these cannot be lost at any time. Give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. Is this not how people come to the temple and ask the Lord, Oh Lord, you know, please make you know, settle this one for me, settle that one for me, give me this, give me that. So, uh, this is not proper way of worship at all. Mm. The thing, how, what can I do for you? And uh, that too, it should be directed to Krishna, not to any demigod also. Mm. So, that is proper bhakti. So, now we will go to the next chapter. This chapter, title, Hiranyakashipu Terrorizes the Universe. This is the title of the chapter. <coughs> Narad Muni continued, Lord Brahma was very much satisfied by Hiranyakashipu's austerities, which were difficult to perform. Therefore, when solicited for benedictions, he indeed granted them, although they were very rarely to be achieved. Lord Brahma said, O Hiranyakashipu, these benedictions for which you have asked are difficult to obtain for most men. Nonetheless, O my son, I shall grant you them, although they are generally not available. Then Lord Brahma, who awards infallible benedictions, departed, being worshipped by the best of the demons, Hiranyakashipu, and being praised by great sages and saintly persons. The demon Hiranyakashipu, having, having thus been blessed by Lord Brahma and having acquired a lustrous golden body, continued to remember the death of his brother and therefore be envious of Lord Vishnu. See? Hiranyakashipu became the conqueror of the entire universe. Indeed, that great demon conquered all the planets in the three worlds, upper, middle and lower, including the planets of the human beings, the Gandharvas, the Garudas, the great serpents, the Siddhas, Charanas and Vidyadharas, the great saints, Yamaraj, Yamaraj also he conquered. The Manus, the Yakshas, the Rakshasas, the Pisachas and their masters and the masters of the ghosts and Bhutas, he defeated the rulers of all the other planets where there are living entities and brought them under his control. Conquering the abodes of all, he seized their power and influence. He was a, he was a first class terrorist. First class terrorist. Uh, Hiranyakashipu, who possessed all opulence, began residing in heaven. He quit earth. Uh, I will reside in heaven. With its famous Nandana garden, Nandan Kanan which is enjoyed by the demigods. In fact, he resided in the most opulent palace of Indra, the king of heaven. The palace had been directly constructed by the demigod architect Vishwakarma and was as beautiful, as beautifully made as if the goddess of fortune of the entire universe resided there. So, Vishwakarma is the architect of the demigod, demigods. So, his creations are wonderful. And similarly, among the demons, there is another architect called Maya. Maya. So, he is the architect for the demons. So, he also has beautiful um, creations in the demoniac planets, in the below, the earthly planets. The Tala, Atala, Vitala, Sutala, Talatala, Rasatala, Patal. All these planets, they are beautiful. Some, some of these planets are so opulent, opulent, but all atheistic people inside. And Maya, he constructs beautiful uh, creations there. And similarly, in the demigods, there is Vishwakarma, who, you know, 
constructed all the big big palaces of the heavens we cannot even imagine the size of those palaces all the sizes are also given in the bhagavatam like what is the size of indra's palace what is the size of brahma's palace we can't even imagine we can't even imagine that kind of you know it's 10000 yojanas like like 80000 miles square 80000 miles this way 80000 miles that way the square shape that big hall I mean how can we even and brahma's was 100000 yojanas and it is ever changing shape and color and everything how big you know we can't even it's like it's uh, unimaginable in fact he resided in the most opulent palace of the king of indra the king of heaven so vishwakarma personally constructed that the steps of king indra's residence were made of coral the floor was bedecked with invaluable emeralds the walls were of crystal and the columns of vaiduria stone the wonderful canopies were beautifully decorated the seats were bedecked with rubies and the silk bedding as white as foam was decorated with pearls the ladies of the palace who were blessed with beautiful teeth and the most wonderfully beautiful faces walked here and there in the palace their ankle bells tinkling tinkling melodiously and saw their own beautiful reflection reflections in the gems the demigods however being very much oppressed had to bow down and offer obeisances at the feet of hiranyakashipu who chastised the demigods very severely and for no reason thus hiranyakashipu lived in the palace and severely ruled everyone oh my dear king hiranyakashipu was always drunk on strong smelling wines and liquors and therefore his coppery eyes were always rolling nonetheless because he had powerfully executed great austerities in mystic yoga although he was abominable all but the three principal demigods lord brahma lord shiva and lord vishnu personally worshiped him to please him by bringing him various presentations with their own hands except for lord brahma shiva and vishnu every other demigod personally worshiped him with their own hands you know bowed down at his feet and worshiped him that so from this we can understand how great a pure devotee is uh, a pure devotee is worshipable by all demigods of course this is a completely opposite example where he is a demon and he was forcibly being worshiped but just one doorkeeper of vaikuntha is so powerful that he can control the entire universe with his might you know so actually that is true for any pure devotee Uh, who is empowered like that uh, a pure devotee can actually rule the entire universe that's why it says sarvadeva mayo guru acharyam maam vijaniyan navamanyeda karichit namartya buddhi suyeta sarvadeva mayo guru oh, this is explained in the bhagavatam see sarvadeva mayo guru this word in the last line especially that means you see one should know the acharya as myself krishna is speaking and never disrespect him in any way one should not envy him thinking him an ordinary man for he is a representative of all the demigods actually even demigods they have material desires although they are great devotees of the lord they still have material desires and that's why they were given the position to control certain aspects of the universe because they had this tendency to control but a pure devotee is above that completely aloof from the tendency to control anything he just wants to be a pure devotee of the lord and that position is much greater than the demigod's position 
going back. O Maharaj Yudhishthir, descendant of Pandu, by dint of his personal power, Hiranyakashipu, being situated on the throne of King Indra, controlled the inhabitants of all the other planets. The two Gandharvas, Vishwavasu and Tumburu, I myself and the Vidyadharas, Apsaras and Sages all offered prayers to him again and again just to glorify him. Even Narad Muni was offering prayers to Hiranyakashipu. (laughs) You know, that kind of situation it was. Narad Muni. Along with all the other demigods. Being worshipped by sacrifices offered with great gifts by those who strictly followed the principles of Varna and Ashrama, Hiranyakashipu, instead of offering shares of the oblations to the demigods, accepted them himself. As if in fear of Hiranyakashipu, the planet Earth, which consists of seven islands, delivered food grains without being plowed. You see, there is Earth, which had seven islands. Saptadvipavati Mahi. We have seven continents today. It is already there, millions of years ago. Saptadvipavati, I hope if you saw. Saptadvipa, Vati means consisting of seven, seven islands and Mahi means earth. See that? So, this is very scientific. <coughs> so, as if in fear of Hiranyakashipu, the planet earth which consists of seven islands delivered food grains without being plowed. Without, without plowing, already the food grains were coming. Thus, it resembled cows like the Surabhi of the spiritual world or the Kamadukha, Kamadugha of heaven. Kamadugha means... There is a cow, which you can get many things from the cow. Uh, the earth, there is in heavenly planets, this cow is there. The earth yielded sufficient food grains, the cow supplied abundant milk and the outer space was beautifully decorated with wonderful phenomena. It looks all beautiful, you see, but demoniac. By the flowing of their waves, the various oceans of the universe, along with their tributaries, the rivers which are compared to their wives, supplied various kinds of gems and jewels for Hiranyakashipu's use. These oceans were the oceans of salt water, sugarcane juice, wine, clarified butter, milk, yogurt and sweet water. So, we know only of the salt water ocean. But there are also oceans of sweet water, honey, uh, what is that? Wine, liquor, uh, sugarcane juice, um, ghee, milk, yogurt. So, there is... Um, of course, that is not found in this world, but other worlds it is there. In the Bhumandala, there are the seven um, oceans described. So, in this world, we only have experience of salt water ocean, but there are other worlds where all the other oceans are there. The valleys between the mountains became fields of pleasure for Hiranyakashipu, by whose influence all the trees and plants produced fruits and flowers profusely in all seasons. The qualities of pouring water, drying and burning. You see this. The qualities of pouring water, that means rains, drying and burning, which are all qualities of the three departmental heads of the universe, namely Indra, Vayu and Agni, were all directed by Hiranyakashipu alone, without assistance from the demigods. So powerful he was. In spite of achieving, you know, all the demigods, they have different, different departments, which one Hiranyakashipu was managing everything. Alone. In spite of achieving the power to control in all directions, this is the another. <laughs> now you see, 
in spite of achieving the power to control in all directions and in spite of enjoying all types of dear sense gratification as much as possible, Hiranyakashipu was dissatisfied because instead of controlling his senses, he remained their servant. That's why in the Bible also it is said, What profiteth a man who conquers the whole world but loses his eternal soul? So, Goswami means the one who controls his senses. Uh, but here, Hiranyakashipu was a Swami or controller of the entire universe, but he was a Godas. He was servant of his senses and therefore he was never actually satisfied. You see, even after getting the entire universe, this is a, this is a lesson for all of us. How much ever we get, we will always want more and more and more. The sense gratification just is unforgiving. It will not say, okay, now rest, enough sense gratification. No, we want more and more and more. It will never stop. Then next, Hiranyakashipu thus passed a long time. Being very much proud of his opulences and transgressing the laws and regulations mentioned in the authoritative Shastras, he was therefore subjected to a curse by the four Kumaras who were great Brahmanas. So, in this way, he was serving the curse of the four Kumaras. You see how powerful a Brahmana's curse is, a real devotee. So, therefore, we should not never uh, dissatisfy the devotees. Brahmashapa, the whole universe was put at such um, peril just by the one curse of the four Kumaras. Everyone, including the rulers of the various planets, was extremely distressed because of the severe punishment inflicted upon them by Hiranyakashipu. Fearful and disturbed, unable to find any shelter, they at last surrendered to the Supreme Personality of Godhead Vishnu. This is the first thing that a devotee does. He first surrenders to the Vishnu, but here they did last. That is the problem with the demigods. So they, they are. That's why they are materialistic devotees. They have all material desires. And although they are devotees, great devotees, definitely, but they have this materialistic desires of controlling. And therefore, sometimes, you know, it takes them time to come back to their understanding, you know, that we have to surrender to the Supreme Lord. Even when Krishna himself came, Indra was, you know, punishing Krishna by sending forth the rain on the Vrindavan. And Brahma also wanted to test. So, um, in this way, the demigods are sometimes bewildered. So, everyone including the rulers of the various planets, uh, they are extremely distressed and finally they surrendered to Lord Vishnu. Then they said, let us offer our respectful obeisances unto that, that direction where the Supreme Personality of Godhead is situated, where those purified souls in the renounced order of life, the great saintly persons go and from which having gone they never return. Without sleep, fully controlling their minds and living on only their breath, the predominating deities of the various planets began worshipping Hirshikesha, means Krishna with this meditation. So, they meditated on Krishna now. Then there appeared before them a transcendental sound vibration emanating from a personality not visible to materialize. The voice was as grave as the sound of a cloud and it was very encouraging, driving away all fear. When they were meditating on the Lord like this, then they heard this voice. Of course, it was the Lord's voice, but they could not see him. The voice of the Lord vibrated as follows. O best of learned persons, do not fear. 
I wish all good fortune to you. Become my devotees by hearing and chanting about me. You see what is preaching, what Krishna is speaking, I mean Lord Vishnu. You do devotional service by hearing and chanting about me. So in distressful conditions, now we are in coronavirus, we are locked down. Pretty much how the demigods were locked down by Hiranyakashipu. <coughs> so, what he asked them to do? Hearing and chanting. So, that's what we are doing. So, in fact, unprecedented. I mean, for how many? Over a month. We have, I think, already completed, I think, 33, 34, 33 sessions of this. Every day we are having these classes. So, that's what we should do. Actually, we should do all the time. But sometimes these situations come so that we have no other distractions but to engage in hearing and chanting. The voice of the Lord vibrated. So, they said, become my devotees by hearing and chanting about me and offering me prayers. For these are certainly meant to award benedictions to all living entities. I know all about the activities of Hiranyakashipu and shall surely stop them very soon. Please wait patiently until that time. When one is envious of the demigods, this is a very important verse. When is one is en- when one is envious of the demigods who represent the supreme personality of Godhead, of the Vedas, that means when one is envious of these few things, of the demigods who represent the supreme personality, of the Vedas which give all knowledge, of the cows, Brahmanas, Vaishnavas, religious principles, and ultimately of me the Supreme Personality of Godhead, he and his civilization will be vanquished without delay. This is the verse. Yada deveshu vedeshu goshu vipreshu sadhushu dharme maicha vidveshaha sava ashu vinashyati Very nice verse. When one is envious of the demigods who represent the Supreme Personality of Godhead, of the Vedas, when they are envious of the Vedas, which give all knowledge. When they are envious of cows, they have, there is cow slaughter, which is going on now in a very, very rampant scale. When they are envious of Brahmanas, Vaishnavas and the religious principles, which is exactly what Kali Yuga is all about. And ultimately of me, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, He and His civilization will be vanquished without delay. This is the warning of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. So, we should never have great, never have great hope in this uh, modern civilization because is going, only going to meet with a destructive end ultimately because they they neglect all these principles. That's why there is another verse also. Papishthaye durachara deva brahmana nindakaha apatya bhojanastesham akale maranam dhruvam You see this? The Shastras say Papishthaye durachara this verse. Deva brahmana nindakaha they offend the ninda means offense blasphemy deva and brahmana the demigods or even the supreme personality of godhead and the brahmanas and papishtha they are all very very sinful durachar they are not they are very misbehaved just like hiranyakashipu you see translation for persons who are papishtha very sinful and durachar misbehaved or very unclean in their habits who are against the existence of god who disrespect Vaishnavas and Brahmanas and who eat anything and everything, untimely death is sure. Same thing, who is envious of the demigods, of the Vedas, cows, Brahmanas, Vaishnavas, religious principle, ultimately of Krishna, 
here his civilization will be vanquished so we should always be favorable to the lord when uh, next he says when hiranyakashipu teases the great devotee prahlad his own son who is peaceful and sober and who has no enemy i shall kill hiranyakashipu immediately despite the benedictions of brahma so despite brahma's benedictions i will kill him when he starts to tease or be violent against his own son you see nirvairaya prashantaya svasutaya mahatmane prahradaya yadadu druhyet dhanishyepi varorjitam you see druhyet means will commit violence this is translated in the translation as teasing not just ordinary teasing unmatched i mean unprecedented violence against his own son you will see all the descriptions the great saint narad muni continued when the supreme personality of godhead the spiritual master of everyone thus reassured all the demigods living in the heavenly planets they offered their respectful obeisances unto him and returned confident that the demon hiranyakashipu was now practically dead they were confident okay the lord is going to come very good hiranyakashipu had four wonderful well qualified sons of whom the one named prahlad was the best indeed prahlad was a reservoir of all transcendental qualities because he was an unalloyed devotee of the personality of godhead the qualities of maharaj prahlad this is narad muni right yeah the qualities of maharaj prahlad the son of hiranyakashipu are described here with he was completely cultured as a qualified brahmana having very good character and being determined to understand the absolute truth he had full control of his senses and mind like the super soul he was kind to every living entity and was the best friend of everyone to respect persons he acted exactly like a menial servant so to respectable persons he acted like a menial servant to the poor he was like a father to his equals he was attached like a sympathetic brother and he considered his teachers spiritual masters and other god brother older god brothers to be as good as the supreme personality of godhead he was completely free from unnatural pride that might have arisen from his good education riches beauty aristocracy and so on completely saintly see this was prahlad maharaj's character although prahlad maharaj was born in a family of asuras he himself was not an asura but a great devotee of lord vishnu unlike the other asuras he was never envious of the vaishnavas he was not agitated when put into danger and he was neither directly nor indirectly interested in the fruitive activities described in the vedas indeed he considered everything material to be useless and therefore he was completely devoid of material desires he always controlled his senses and life air and being of steady intelligence and determination he subdued all lusty desires this was prahlad's position o king you know narad muni is saying to yudhishthir maharaj prahlad maharaj's good qualities are still glorified by learned saints and vaishnavas as all good qualities are always found existing in the supreme personality of godhead they also exist forever in his devotee prahlad maharaj in any assembly where there are discourses about saints and devotees o king yudhishthira even the enemies of the demons namely the demigods what to speak of you would cite prahlad maharaj as an example of a great devotee even demigods until now 
Even now today we are reading about Prahlad Maharaj. How many millions of years this happened? So this is the real fame. Which other personality is known so well yeah, and glorified even now? So this is real fame. Who could list the innumerable transcendental qualities of Prahlad Maharaj? He had unflinching faith in Vasudev, Lord Krishna, the son of Vasudev. And unalloyed devotion to him, his attachment to Lord Krishna was natural because of his previous devotional service. Although his good qualities cannot be enumerated, they prove that he was a great soul, Mahatma. From the very beginning of his childhood, Prahlad Maharaj was uninterested in childish playthings. Indeed, he gave them up altogether and remained silent and dull, being fully absorbed in Krishna consciousness. Since his mind was always affected by Krishna consciousness, he could not understand how the world goes on being fully absorbed in the activities of sense gratification. He never understood, I mean, how the world, everybody is like, how is the world going on with everybody, you know, in sense gratification? How can they maintain their lives like this, you know? So, he was thinking like this. He himself, he never played uh, like other children. He was always thinking about Krishna. So, materially, he appeared very dull. But actually, he was full in rapture of thought of Krishna. Prahlad Maharaj was always absorbed in thoughts of Krishna. Thus, being always embraced by the Lord, he did not know how his bodily necessities, such as sitting, walking, eating, lying down, drinking and talking, were being automatically performed. He did not, uh, he just was, he was not even um, thinking. So, actually, Prabhupada explains nicely in the purport. See here, a small child, while being cared for by his mother, does not know how the needs of the body for eating, sleeping, lying down, passing water and evacuating are being fulfilled. He is simply satisfied to be on the lap of his mother. He doesn't know how the, his eating is going on, his, you know, his stool, his, you know, urine, everything. He doesn't know anything. Similarly, Prahlad Maharaj was exactly like a small child being cared for by Govinda. Uh, the necessary activities of his body were performed without his knowledge. As a father and mother care for their child, Govinda cared for Prahlad Maharaj, who remained always absorbed in thoughts of Govinda. This is Krishna Consciousness. Prahlad Maharaj is a vivid example of perfection in Krishna Consciousness. Govinda Parirambhitaha Being embraced. He is always embraced by the Lord. In another place it is said, Krishnalingita Vigraha Being embraced by the Lord. So, this is very, see, Govinda and Parirambhitaha, meaning being embraced by the Lord Govinda. Because of advancement in Krishna consciousness, he sometimes cried, sometimes laughed, sometimes expressed jubilation and sometimes sang loudly. Sometimes upon seeing the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Prahlad Maharaj would loudly call in full anxiety. He sometimes lost his shyness in jubilation and began dancing in ecstasy and sometimes being fully absorbed in thoughts of Krishna, he left. He felt oneness and imitated the pastimes of the Lord. So, in this way, he was always, you know, complete in, completely in ecstasy of the Lord. He was a pure devotee. Sometimes, feeling the touch of the Lord's lotus hands, he became spiritually jubilant and remained silent, his hair standing on end and tears gliding down from his half-closed eyes because of his love for the Lord. So, he was completely connected with the Lord. In fact, we, we should remember Kashyapa's original statement uh, 
when he conceived those two sons in the womb of Diti, he said, your grandson, oh, he is a personality who will see the Supreme Lord inside and outside of everything. Not just understand that the Supreme Lord is everywhere, he will see him everywhere. Premanjana. We can only see the Lord in one way. We cannot demand, show me God, I will believe. No. Premanjana Charita Bhakti Vilochanina. Only by love, only by devotion can we see him everywhere. Because of his association with perfect unalloyed devotees who had nothing to do with anything material, Prahlad Maharaj constantly engaged in the service of the Lord's lotus feet. By seeing his bodily features when he was in perfect ecstasy, persons very poor in spiritual understanding became purified. In other words, Prahlad Maharaj bestowed upon them transcendental bliss. So even persons who were not interested in devotional service, when they just saw Prahlad Maharaj, you know, in such inspiration of Krishna consciousness, they also got inspired. This is the effect of association of devotees. Uh, so, Bhaktivinoda Thakur also says that how to become enthused in devotional service? By When you see another devotee enthusiastically performing devotional service, then you also become enthused to do it. So, that is the only way. That's why association of devotees is so important. My dear King Yudhishthira, the demon Hiranyakashipu tormented this exalted, fortunate devotee, although Prahlad was his own son. Hmm. So, then Maharaj Yudhishthira, he stopped, he, he interrupted. He asked, Oh, best of the saints among the demigods, Devarshi. Narada is called Devarshi. Deva Rishi. So, Rishi means sage. Deva means in the demigods. So, he is among the demigods, he is the Rishi. He is the greatest Rishi among the demigods. Because there are Rishis on the earth, Maharshi, uh, you know. Uh, even in um, demons, they have Rishi, the Sukracharya is Rishi there, but he is Devarshi, you know, because he was one of the sons of Lord Brahma, so he is a demigod. <coughs> oh, best of the saints among the demigods, oh, best of spiritual leaders, how did Hiranyakashipu give so much trouble to Prahlad Maharaj, the, the pure and exalted saint, although Prahlad was his own son? I wish to know more about the subject from you. A father and mother are always affectionate to their children. When the children are disobedient, the parents chastise them not due to enmity, but only due to only for the child's instruction and welfare. How did Hiranyakashipu, the father of Prahlad Maharaj, chastise such a noble son? This is what I am eager to know. Maharaj Yudhishthir further inquired, How was it possible for a father to be so violent toward an ex- exalted son who was obedient, well-behaved and respectful, respectful to his father. O Brahmana, O Master, I have never heard of such a contradiction as an affectionate father's punishing his noble son with the intention of killing him. Kindly dissipate our doubts in this regard. How can this be? You know, so how come somebody will be so bad? Then now, the great saint Naradamuni said, the demons headed by Hiranyakashipu accepted Shukracharya as their priest for ritualistic ceremonies. Shukracharya's two sons, Shanda and Amarka, lived near Hiranyakashipu's palace. So, Shukracharya was the priest of the, de- um, the demons, and his sons, Shanda and Amarka, were the lived near Hiranyakashipu's palace. Now, Prahlad Maharaj was already educated in devotional life. 
But when his father sent him to those two sons of Shukrachara to be educated, they accepted him at their school along with the other sons of the Asuras. So he went to school and the Shanda and Amarka were the teachers there. Um, now what they are learning in the school? Prahlad certainly heard and recited the topics of politics and economics taught by the teachers. So he, whatever was being taught to him, economics, whatever, you know, um, what is politics, economics, he was, he was learning everything. But he understood that political philosophy involves considering someone a friend and someone else an enemy and thus he did not like it. So he, do, he, he was not interested in that, that kind of philosophy, that kind of understanding of life. Because in politics, diplomacy, there is an enemy, there is a friend and how to navigate your situation, how to, for your own personal ends, you have to, you know, how to make friendships, how to manage the enemy. And so the very understanding of enemy and friend and all this, is a wrong conception. Mm. It's because of the mind's uh, working. So that is explained in the Bhagavatam. There's a problem of the mind. Manovashenye yabhavansmadeva manas chananyasya vasham samedi bhishmohi deva sahasaha sahiyan yunjad vashetam Sahideva Deva. All the senses have been under the control of the mind since time immemorial, and the mind himself never comes under the sway of any other. He is stronger than the strongest, and his godlike power is fearsome. Therefore, anyone who can bring the mind under his control becomes a master of the senses. Alright. What happens to the one who cannot control his mind? The next verse. 11.23.48 Just now it was 11.23.47 Now it is 11.23.48 Tam durjayam shatrum asahya vegam Aruntudam tanna vijitya kechet Kurvantya sadvigraha matra martyair Mitranyudasina ripun vimudha You see these words Mitrani Udasina and ripun these three words are important. What are the meaning? Mitrani, friends. Udasina, neutral persons or indifferent persons. And Ripun, the rivals, enemies. So, failing to conquer this irrepressible enemy, the mind, whose urges are intolerable and who torments the heart, many people are completely bewildered and create useless quarrel with others. Thus, they conclude that other people are either their friends, their enemies, or parties indifferent to them. Or means neutral parties. So, this is what politics is based on. Politics means basically how to get my sense gratification done. That is politics. So, but Prahlad Maharaj did not like it. He learnt it as they were teaching. He learnt everything. He recited everything. But he did not like it. My dear King Yudhishthira, once upon a time, the king of the demons, Hiranyakashipu took his son Prahlad on his lap and very affectionately inquired, My dear son, please let me know what you think is the best of all subjects you have studied from your teachers. Casually he asked. My dear King Yudhishthira, once upon... Uh, okay, we have already read this. Prahlad Maharaj replied, O oh, best of the asuras, king of the demons. He said, Tat sadhumanye suravarya, asuravarya dehinam. He did not say, O oh, my father, no. O oh, best of the asuras, 
O best of rascals, in that way. King of the demons. As far as I have learned from my spiritual master, any person who has accepted a temporary body and temporary household life is certainly embarrassed by anxiety because of having fallen in a dark well where there is no water but only suffering. One should give up this position and go to the forest. More clearly, one should go to Vrindavan where only Krishna consciousness prevails, is prevalent and should thus take shelter of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Hmm. Narad Muni continued, when Prahlad Maharaj spoke about the path of self-realization and devotional service, thus being faithful to the camp of his father's enemies, that means the demigods, because Hiranyakashipu considered Vishnu as his enemy and the demigods, because they worship Vishnu, they are also his enemies. So, Prahlad Maharaj spoke a word which is uh, supporting their enemies. Hiranyakashipu, the king of demons, heard Prahlad's words and he laughingly said, Thus is the intelligence of children spoiled by the words of the enemy. Hiranyakashipu advised his assistants. He actually first he did not get angry very much. He laughed. <laughs> no, the children, no, very innocent. Some, I think some, you know, fool must have been uh, advising him like this. You Shanda Namarka, you you check who is the rascal who is doing this. You know who is who is uh, secretly teaching him. You see next verse. Hiranyakashipu advised his assistants, my dear demons. Give complete protection to this boy at the Gurukul, where he is instructed, so that his intelligence will not be further influenced by Vaishnavas who may go there in disguise. <laughs> so, he did not get angry with his son immediately because he thought, you know, small child is misled, you know, somebody, some idiot is there who is a devotee of Narayana, I think, uh, maybe in disguise they are coming as a Rakshasa children, you find out and straighten him up. <coughs> So, when Hiranyakashipu's servants brought the boy Prahlad back to the Gurukul, the place where the Brahmanas taught the boys, the priests of the demons, Shanda and Amarka, pacified him. With very mild voices and affectionate words, they inquired from him as follows. Dear son, Prahlad, all peace and good fortune unto you. Kindly do not speak lies. Just reply with the truth. These boys you you see are not like you. For they do not speak they do not speak in a deviant way. How have you learned these instructions about devotional service to Lord Vishnu and all this? How has your intelligence been spoiled in this way? O best of your family, has he, has this pollution of your intelligence been brought about by you or by the enemies? Who is causing this? They wanted to find out from him. We are all your teachers and are very eager to hear about this. Please tell us the truth. Prahlad Maharaj replied, Let me offer my respectful obeisances unto the Supreme Personality of Godhead, whose external energy has created the distinctions of my friend and my enemy by deluding the intelligence of men. Indeed, I am now actually experiencing this, although I have previously heard of it from authoritative sources. I previously heard that there, you, know, you know, those who are bewildered by Maya, they will think of friends and enemies and make distinctions like this. But now I am actually seeing that this is what you are thinking and this is what you are teaching. I am actually seeing this now. When the Supreme Personality of Godhead is pleased with the living entity because of his devotional service, one becomes a Pandit and he does not make distinctions between enemies, friends and himself. Intelligently, intelligently he even thinks, he then thinks, every one of us is an eternal servant of God and therefore we are not different from one another. So he is teaching them now. He, he, He became the teacher of the teachers. 
Persons who always think in terms of enemy and friend are unable to ascertain the supreme soul within themselves. Not to speak of them, even such exalted persons as Lord Brahma who are fully conversant with the Vedic literature are sometimes bewildered in following the principles of devotional service. Even Brahma is sometimes bewildered. Uh, the same per- Supreme Personality of Godhead who has created this situation has certainly given me the intelligence to take the side of your so-called enemy. So, he, he told them, this friend and enemy, this kind of thing is actually, um, you know, this is not proper. And by such behavior, by such thinking, one cannot perceive the super soul everywhere. And, um, you know, that, that Supreme Soul, the same Supreme Personality of Godhead, has actually given me the intelligence to talk like this. O Brahmanas, teachers, as iron attracted by a magnetic stone moves automatically toward the magnet, my consciousness, having been changed by his will, is attracted by Lord Vishnu, who carries a disc in his hand. Thus, I have no independence. So, he said, I am attracted by Lord Vishnu. He did not fear. His father is, you know, all the demigods were fearing him. But his own son did not fear him at all. Oh, please bring me a stick. Uh, Wait. The great saint Naradamani continued. The great soul Prahlad Maharaj became silent after saying this to his teachers, Shanda and Amarka, the seminal sons of Shukracharya. These so-called Brahmanas then became angry at him. Because they were servants of Hiranyakashipu, they were very, they were very sorry and to chastise Prahlad Maharaj, they spoke as follows. Oh, please bring me a stick. This Prahlad is damaging our name and fame. Because of his bad intelligence, he has become like a cinder in the dynasty of the demons. Uh, now, he is setting fire to the whole dynasty. Uh, now he needs to be treated by the fourth of the four kinds of political diplomacy. So, what is this political diplomacy? This is actually from the Kautilya Arthashastras. So, how to deal political political diplomacy? So, there are four things. Sama, Dana, Bheda, Danda in uh, negotiations. So, Sama, first, you know, talk it out. If any problem arises, this is how to solve and bring the other party under one's control. Diplomacy is all about this, politics. So, first is talk with them, Sama. And dana, you know, gives them give them some position, give them some gifts, you know. In that way, you know, like previously, sometimes it used to happen this way, that when there is two kingdoms, two kings are, you know, the, there is a tension between them. To to ease the situation, one king will give his daughter to the other king's son, and in this way, because of marriage alliance, there is peace. You know, now we are on one family, so don't fight among ourselves. So in that way, they used to. You know, manage the situation. These are all political diplomacy te- techniques. So, this is dana. You know, like, you know, give some gifts. You know, in this way, pacify. And then, sama dana bheda. Bheda means divide and rule. So, sometimes, you know, y- y- if there is some problem, if you want to control both parties, sometimes it just doesn't, I mean, they are just fighting among themselves. So, divide them and rule them. Like British, they, they did this divide and rule policy um, very well. And then finally, Danda, straight punishment. So, now they said, now he needs to be treated by the fourth of the four kinds of political diplomacy. Danda means by stick, punishment now. 
no more sweet words no more you know uh, trying to you know give him gifts and trying to pacify him all this finish he needs a stick now this is what they, they were saying this rascal prahlad has appeared like a thorn tree in a forest of sandalwood our our demon family our whole dynasty is like sandalwood you know <laughs> you know there is a verse um janani janmabhumi swargatapi gariyasi one will think one's own mother and family and one's own place of birth as more better than um, heaven janani janmabhumi swargatapi gariyasi so however bad it may be he will think think it greater than heaven just like even a pig when indra became a pig he thought that pig that life is you know more important when brahma asked because indra became a pig because of a curse and he produced many children he had big family of pigs so so many wives and so many uh, you know children so in this way he had big family and then brahma came down and said okay finish your curse is over come back as indra no 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 how are how can i leave this place you say how many pigs i have to maintain and uh, i am very so much responsibility i have i cannot leave this place you know like this you know so swargadapi gariyasi better than heaven pig so that is the way of the material world how much ever we are in an abominable condition we will think that is better so here this shanda namarka they are saying our dynasty is like a sandalwood full of fragrance actually all rascals number one rascals fully against the supreme personality of godhead but they are thinking they are like sandalwood prahlad is like a thorn <laughs> <laughs> how say how they thinking this rascal prahlad has appeared like a thorn tree in a forest of sandalwood to cut sandalwood trees an axe is needed you know so to cut sandalwood trees an axe is needed and the wood of the thorn tree is very suitable for the handle of such an axe they are putting a metaphor here try to understand Lord Vishnu is the axe for cutting down the sandalwood forest of the family of demons and this Prahlad is the handle for that axe. You know. So he they are thinking their family is like a sandalwood tree forest and to cut down a sandalwood tree you need an axe. Now that axe is metal but the handle is wood. That wood is taken from a thorn tree. Was very hard wood. and with that wood you know in the, and the axe can be used to cut down the trees so they are saying lord vishnu is the axe and this prahlad is the wood for, of the thorn tree helping to finish our dynasty by his so called devotion to lord vishnu he is such a thorn pinprick in our whole family whole, whole dynasty of uh, asuras see what kind of person he is so lord vishnu is okay shanda and amarka the teachers of prahlad maharaj chastised and threatened their disciple in various ways and began teaching him about the paths of religion economic development and sense gratification this is the way they educated him uh, not liberation only the three purusharthas dharma artha kama and that to the dharma is all twisted dharma that hiranyakashipu is supreme personality in this way after some time his uh, the teachers shanda and amarka thought that prahlad maharaj has was sufficiently educated in the diplomatic affairs of pacifying public leaders appeasing them by giving them lucrative posts dividing and ruling over them and punishing them in cases of disobedience this is the samadana bheda danda then one day these are called four upayas upayas means ideas or uh, this is in the kautilya arthashastras 
so after punishing them in cases of disobedience so then well, then one day after prahlad's mother had personally washed the boy and dressed him nicely with sufficient ornaments they presented him before his father 7520 when hiranyakashipu saw that his child has fallen at his feet and was offering obeisances as an affectionate father he immediately began showering blessings upon the child and embraced him with both arms a father naturally feels happy to embrace his son and hiranyakashipu became very happy in this way narad muni continued my dear king yudhishthira hiranyakashipu seated prahlad on his lap and began smelling his head with affectionate tears gliding down from his eyes and moistening the child's smiling face he spoke to his son as follows with full affection you know tears were coming out of his eyes hiranyakashipu was so moved by seeing his good son so obedient before his father hiranyakashipu said my dear prahlad my dear son oh long lived one for so much time you have heard many things from your teachers now please repeat to me whatever you think is the best of that knowledge again he asked the same question prahlad maharaj said hearing and chanting about the transcendental holy name form qualities paraphernalia and pastimes of lord vishnu remembering them serving the lotus feet of the lord offering the lord respectful worship with 16 types of paraphernalia offering prayers to the lord becoming his servant considering the lord's one best friend and surrendering everything unto him in other words serving him with the body mind and words these nine processes are accepted as pure devotional service one who has dedicated his life to the service of krishna through these nine methods should be understood to be the most exalted person for he has acquired complete knowledge see this is the famous verse shravanam kirtanam vishnu smaranam padasevanam archanam vandanam dasyam sakhyam atmanivedanam idi pumsarpita vishnu भक्तिश्चेन्नवलक्षण क्रीयते क्रीयेत भगवत्यद्धा तन्मेधीतमुतम इज द बेस्ट ऑफ इंटेलिजेंसम अधीतम उत्तम द ग्रेटेस्ट ऑफ एजुकेशन इज टू बी एंगेज इन द सर्विस ऑफ द लॉर्ड इन दीज नाइन वेज सो दिस इज वॉट प्रहलाद महाराज सेंग सो दैट इज द बेस्ट थिंग आई हैव लर्न माइ फादर आफ्टर हियरिंग दीज वर्ड्स ऑफ डिवोशनल सर्विस फ्रॉम द माउथ ऑफ इज सन प्रहलाद हिरण्यकशपू वॉज एक्सट्रीमली एंग्री his lips trembling he spoke as follows to shanda the son of his guru shukracharya oh unqualified most heinous son of a brahmana you have disobeyed my order and taken shelter of the party of my enemies you have taught this poor boy about devotional service what is this nonsense he became angry in due course of time various types of diseases are manifest in those who are sinful and those who are sinful they will get all types of diseases in due course of time similarly in this world there are many deceptive friends in false garbs but eventually because of their false behavior their actual enmity becomes manifest uh, you are like a deceptive friend uh, like a friend you are acting but you see what you have done you have taught my son all these things the son of sukracharya hiranyakashipu spiritual master said oh enemy of king indra oh king whatever your son prahlad has said was not taught to him by me or anyone else his spontaneous devotional service was naturally developed in him therefore please give up your anger and do not unnecessarily accuse us it is not good to insult a brahmana in this way sri naradamuni continued when hiranyakashipu received this reply from the teacher he again addressed his son prahlad <clears throat> again he looked at his son hiranyakashipu said you rascal most fallen of our family 
if you have not received this education from your teachers, where have you gotten it? Prahlad Maharaj coolly replied, you know, because of their uncontrolled senses, persons too addicted to materialistic life, these are all actually very important verses, you know, um, you know, Matirna Krishna Parataswato Va Mito Bhipadyeta Grahavratanam Adantagobir Vishatam Tamisram Punah Punascher Vitacharvananam. So these Prabhupada quoted many, many times, these few verses. This one, the next one, and the next one. So what is that? Prahlad Maharaj replied, because of their uncontrolled senses, persons too addicted to materialistic life, because father asked, Where have you learnt? So he is explaining in three verses fully the answer. This is the first verse. Because of their uncontrolled senses, persons too addicted to materialistic life make progress toward hellish conditions and repeatedly chew that which has already been chewed. Their inclinations toward Krishna are never aroused either by the instructions of others or by their own efforts or by a combination of both. The Krishna consciousness will never come. Then he said, Nate vidusvartha gatim hi vishnum durashayaye Persons who are strongly entrapped by the consciousness of enjoying material life and who have therefore accepted as their leader or guru a similar blind man. They are blind, materialistic people, and they accept a guru or a guide who is also a blind man. Attached to external sense objects, they cannot understand that the goal of life is to return home back to Godhead and engage in the service of Lord Vishnu. As blind men guided by another blind man miss the right path and fall into a ditch, materially attached men led by another materially attached man are bound by the ropes of fruitive labour which are made of very strong cords. See? Materially attached men led by another materially attached man are bound by the ropes of fruitive labour which are made of very strong cords. And they continue again and again in materialistic life suffering the threefold miseries. So this is the position of the human uh, people in this world. Now he says, Naisham Madhistava Durukramangrim Sprishatyanarthapagamoya Dartha Mahiya Sampadarajobhishekam Nishkinchananam Navranita Yavat. <coughs> so, in this hopeless condition, the people are how to get relieved? Unless they smear upon their bodies the dust of the lotus feet of a Vaishnava, completely freed from material contamination. Material pers- persons very much inclined toward materialistic life cannot be attached to the lotus feet of the Lord, who is glorified for his uncommon activities. Only by becoming Krishna conscious and taking shelter at the lotus feet of the Lord in this way can one be freed from material contamination. In other words, he said, by the dust of the lotus feet of a pure devotee, completely freed from material contamination, I have, you know, persons very much inclined toward materialistic life cannot be attached to the lotus feet of the Lord. So, how I got attached to the lotus feet of the Lord? Because of the dust of the lotus feet of a devotee, a great devotee. He did not mention the name. Actually, it was an Aradman who addressed his mother, who was teaching, preaching to his mother when she was um, pregnant. And Prahlad Maharaj was inside the womb and he was listening all these things. So, from Naradmani's mercy, he has learned everything. But he did not mention the name Naradmani yet. After Prahlad Maharaj had spoken in this way and become silent, Hiranyakashipu, blinded by anger, threw him off his lap and onto the ground. I think we have a...
You see, you can see the. This is the picture. So he threw him off his lap and onto the ground. See. <clears throat> One second. So, what happened after that? Indignant and angry, his reddish eyes like molten copper, Hiranyakashipu said to his servants, O demons, O demons, take this boy away from me. He deserves to be killed. Kill him as soon as possible. This boy, Prahlad, is the killer of my brother, for he has given up his family to engage in the devotional service of the enemy, Lord Vishnu, like a menial servant. Hmm? He is not faithful. My brother has died at the hand of Lord Vishnu and this fellow, he is worshipping that Lord Vishnu. He is an enemy. This boy Prahlad is the killer of my brother. Okay. Although Prahlad is only 5 years old, even at this young age, he has given up his affectionate relationship with his father and mother. Just imagine, at 5 years he already was taught all politics and all these things. Yeah. That was... Um, <clears throat> you see, he has given up affectionate relationship with his father and mother. Therefore, he is certainly untrustworthy. At 5 years old, he already he has uh, you know, given up affection for father and mother. Hmm. When he grows up, what he will become? He cannot be trusted. Indeed, it is not at all believable that he will behave well toward Vishnu also. His, his qualities look very, very doubtful. He appears very, very sweet and charming, but actually he is a traitor. Um, so, this, this is an untrustworthy boy, this is a rascal. Although a medicinal herb being born in the forest does not belong to the same category as a man, if beneficial, it is kept very carefully. Similarly, if someone outside one's family is favorable, he should be given protection like a son. On the other hand, if a limb of one's body is poisoned by disease, it must be amputated so that the rest of the body may, may live happily. Similarly, even, even one's own son, if unfavorable, must be rejected, although born of one's own body. In this way, he concluded, just as uncontrolled senses are the enemies of all yogis engaged in advancing in spiritual life, this Prahlad, huh? this Prahlad who appears to be a friend is an enemy because I cannot control him. Hmm. Therefore, this enemy, while whether eating, sitting or sleeping, must be killed by all means. Whether eating, si- sleeping or sitting, just a small boy, you know. The demons, Rakshasas, the servants of Hiranyakashipu, thus being, began striking the tender parts of Prahlad Maharaj's body with their tridents. The demons all had fearful faces, sharp teeth and reddish coppery beards and hair and they appeared extremely threatening. Making a tumultuous sound, shouting, chop him up, pierce him, they began striking Prahlad who sat silently meditating upon the Supreme Personality of Godhead. You can see this is the picture of that. They were striking him and he was silently sitting, meditating on the Lord. (coughs) 
even though a person who has no assets and pious activities performs some good deed, it will have no result. You see, even though a person has no assets and pious activities performs a good deed, it will have no result. Thus, the weapons of the demons had no tangible effects upon Prahlad Maharaj because he was a devotee undisturbed by material conditions and fully engaged in meditating upon and serving the Supreme Personality of Godhead who is unchangeable, who cannot be realized by the material senses and who is the soul of the entire universe. Pare Brahmanya Anirdeshye Bhagavat Yakhilatmani Yuktatmani Aphala Asan Apunyasyeva Satkriya Aphala Asan Apunyasyeva Satkriya So even a uh, uh, sinful man does some good deed will have no effect. It's a good verse to note. 7.5.41 Okay. My dear King Yudhishthira, when all the attempts of the demons to kill Prahalad Maharaj were futile, the king of the demons Hiranyakashipu, being most fearful, began contriving other means to kill him. Hiranyakashipu could not kill his son by throwing beneath, throwing him beneath the feet of big elephants, throwing him among huge fearful snakes, employing destructive spells, hurling him from the top of a hill, conjuring up some illusory tricks, administering poison, starving him, exposing him to severe cold, winds, um, fire and water or throwing heavy stones to crush him. When Hiranyakashipu found that he could not in any way harm Prahlad, who was completely sinless, he was in great anxiety about what to do next. I think here all the uh, different different kinds of punishments that were given to Prahlad are are shown here. This was a pit of snakes. And there is a cliff. Huh? See, he was thrown off a cliff. This was another one. And then we have elephant. Elephants trampling him. No, they tried all kinds of things against him. Then we have... Oh, this one we already saw. Then they put him in fire. Even in boiling oil they put him. You see, they put him in boiling oil. All kinds of things they did to kill him, but he did not die. <clears throat> he was thinking what to do next. Hiranyakashipu thought, I have used many ill names in chastising this boy Prahalad and have devised many means of killing him, but despite all my endeavors, he could not be killed. Indeed, he saved himself by his own powers without being affected in the least by these treacherous and abominable actions. Although he is very near to me and is merely a child, he is situated in complete fearlessness. He resembles a dog's curved tail which can never be straightened. You know, he compared to Prahlad to a dog's tail. Because a dog's tail, how much ever you try to straight, straighten the tail, it will again roll. So, this, this boy cannot be changed. His mentality is not changing at all. Whatever we do. He resembles a dog's curved tail which can never be straightened because he never forgets his misbehavior and his connection with his master, Lord Vishnu. I can see that this boy's strength is unlimited for he has not feared any of my punishments. He appears immortal. Therefore, because of my enmity enmity toward him, I shall die. Or, maybe this will not take place. So, in this way, he was absorbed in thoughts. Thinking in this way, 
The king of the Daityas, morose and bereft of bodily luster, remained silent with his face downward. Then Shanda and Amarka, the, tw- the two sons of Shukracharya, spoke to him in secret. O Lord, we know that when you simply move your eyebrows, all the commanders of the various planets are most afraid. Without the help of any assistant, you have conquered all the three worlds. Therefore, we do not find any reason for you to be morose and full of anxiety. As for Prahlad, he is nothing but a child and cannot be a cause of anxiety. After all, his, go- his bad or good qualities have no value. He is only a child after all. We cannot take him so seriously. After having tried killing him in so many ways and failed, now they are trying to <laughs> make up for their, you know, uh, whatever, disappointment. <clears throat> Until the return of our spiritual master Sukracharya, arrest this child with the ropes of Varuna so that, you know, this is how the, who? Hiranyakashipu ordered. Until the return of our spiritual master Sukracharya, arrest this child with the ropes of Varuna so that he will not flee in fear. In any case, by the time he is somewhat grown up and has assimilated our instructions, actually no, this is Shanda and Amarka. They are saying this. After he has somewhat grown up and assimilated our instructions or served our spiritual master, he will change in his intelligence. Thus, there need be no cause for anxiety. After hearing these instructions of Shanda and Amarka, the sons of his spiritual master, Hiranyakashipu agreed and requested them to instruct Prahlad in that system of occupational duty which is followed by royal householder families. Thereafter, Shanda and Amarka systematically and unceasingly taught Prahlad Maharaj, who was very submissive and humble about mundane religion, economic development and sense gratification. The teachers Shanda and Amarka instructed Prahlad Maharaj in the three kinds of material advancement called religion, economic development and sense gratification. The liberation, they are not teaching. The demons, they they don't want liberation. Sense gratification is what they want. Prahlad, however, being situated above such instructions, did not like them. For such instructions are based on the duality of worldly affairs, which involve one in a materialistic way of life marked with, by birth, death, old age and disease. When the teachers went home to attend to their household affairs, the students of the same age as Prahlad would call him to take the opportunity to, of, of leisure hours for play. So when the teachers go... Uh, then the other, his uh, schoolmates, they say, hey, let's play, let's play. Then Prahlad Maharaj, who was truly the supreme learned person, then addressed his class friends in very sweet language. Smiling, he began to teach them about the uselessness of the materialistic way of life. Being very kind to, to them, he instructed them as follows. So, there is a, yeah, this is, you know, he was instructing his uh, school friends. This is, and also we have another... He is having here, it is a very small picture actually, not very clear but you can see, you know he is chanting and dancing with his classmates. Uh, So in this way, he was engaging his fellow students in Krishna consciousness when the the teachers were away. So then, my dear King Yudhishthira. All the children were very much affectionate and respectful to Prahlad Maharaj. And because of the tender age, they were not so polluted by the instructions and actions of their teachers. So, they were small age. So, although they are demon, demon sons, they were not so polluted. That's why it is important. When they are not so polluted, at that time they must be Dharman, Bhagavadaniha. You know, this instructions of Krishna consciousness should be given before they are spoilt by wrong association. And the tender age of five only, they should start. 
Kaumara Acharit Pragya. We will listen, we will hear all those instructions later on. So, and because of the tender age, they were not so polluted by the instructions and actions of their teachers who were attached to condemned duality and bodily con- comfort. Thus, the boys surrounded Prahlad Maharaj, giving up their playthings and sat down to hear him, their hearts and eyes being fixed upon him. They took, they looked at him with great earnestness. Prahlad Maharaj, although born in a demon family, was an exalted devotee and he desired their welfare. Thus, he began instructing them about the futility of materialistic life. So, next, so we will stop here for for the day and we will take questions and we will continue tomorrow again at the instructions of Prahlad Maharaj and eventually uh, how the Lord comes. I don't know if you can cover the Lord's appearance tomorrow, but anyway, I think maybe we will do it. So, it all depends. So, now we will take questions. So, what are the questions we have? So, we have a few questions here. So, today it's smooth. Okay, I'm good. So, Vishnu Teja is asking, if Srila Prabhupada said he would take the dust of anyone who preaches Krishna consciousness in the Muslim countries, isn't that sure way to achieve Srila Prabhupada's mercy if we preach there? Yes, of course. Uh, it's not easy to preach there also. Okay, the next question, Vishnu Teja is asking, what happens to people who follow the regulative principles but are demigod worshippers? So, that is already explained by Krishna, you can see. In the 9th chapter, 25th verse, we have, Krishna is explaining here, Yanti Deva Vrata Devan, Pitrin Yanti Pitra Vrata, Bhutani Yanti Bhutejya, Yanti Madhyajinopimam. Those who worship the demigods will take birth among the demigods. Those who worship the ancestors go to the ancestors. Those who worship ghosts and spirits will take birth among such beings. And those who worship me will live with me. So, those who worship the demigods, they go to the plants of the demigods. That's where they go. He slightly edited the question. Okay. What happens to people who follow the regulatory principles but worship demigods after death? What is worshipping demigods after death? Or what happens to them after death when they, if they worship demigods? Yeah, they will go to the planets of the demigods. Yeah. Is there an, again Vishnu Teja, so I think today is all questions by Vishnu Teja only. Is there an alternate universe where Jaya and Vijay chose to be devotees for seven lifetimes? We don't have information, so we can't speculate. Next question, what happens to, again Vishnu Teja, so what happens to atheists who follow the regulative principles? What happens to them after the death? So you see, the question you are asking is like, what happens to atheists who follow the regulative principles after death? How to follow the regulative principles after death? So it, it should be, what happens to the atheists after their death? those who follow the regulative principles in this life. I think that's what you're meaning there. So, what regulative principles do they have, first of all? Um, it is explained in the 
in the Bhagavad Gita here, 16.7, Pravrittimcha nivrittimcha janana vidura sura na saucham na pichacharo na satyam te shuvidyate. Those who are demoniac do not know what is to be done and what is not to be done. Neither cleanliness nor proper behavior nor truth is found in them. So what do they know? They may follow some rules in here and there, but what is the rules? What are they doing it for? So, they will go, the future is going to be dark, you know. As long as one is atheists, tanaha, tanaham dvishata kruran, the envious, they will be put in the hellish worlds. Tanaham dvishata kruran, this is chapter 16, text 19 of Bhagavad Gita. Samsareshu naradhaman kshipami ajasrama shubhan asuri shvevayonishu. Those who are envious and mischievous, who are the lowest among men, I perpetually cast into the ocean of material existence, into the various demoniac species of life. This is what happens to them. Then we have, again, Vishnu Teja. If Srila Prabhupada never translated the Chaitanya Bhagavatam, is it not important? We don't say like that. I mean, you know, he was translating on and on until he wanted to translate so many other books also. So many books he wanted. Shat Sandarbhas he wanted to translate, Ramayana Mahabharata he wanted to translate, Mukundamara Sutra he wanted to translate, Narada Bhakti Sutra he wanted to translate. So many things. Given a, given more time he would have translated, but Krishna's plan is different. We are not saying it's not important. It's written by Vrindavandas Thakur. It is very important. In fact, many quotations are taken from there also. Next, Ayapa is asking, Hare Krishna Prabhu, how many years Prahlad Maharaj lived in this earth? I heard after the Lord killed the demon, Prahlad Maharaj was appointed as the king. Yeah, he was. He was appointed as the king by Lord Brahma himself and he ruled for many, many years. Um, maybe there's a number. I don't remember the exact number. For a very long time he ruled. Then Vishnu Teja. How did Shanda and Amarka know about the Kautilya Arthashastra? They are expert. This Arthashastras are always there, you know, since beginning of creation, the politics are already there. Uh, the Samadana, Bheda, Danda, these are already there. Sri said Prahlad Maharaj lived for 100 years. Was he killed because didn't, didn't people live for 100,000 years in Kalsati? No, he, I don't know if he lived for 100 years. No, he lived for I think more than that. Of course, he gave the example of 100 years in his when he was teaching. But um, anyway, we need to stick out the shloka, exact shloka. It was actually Satya Yuga, if I am not wrong. So, usually the lifetime is 100,000 years. We need to check exactly how many years. Vishnu Teja, why is Lord Vishnu referred to as a demigod? Is it because he is the Gunavatar? Yeah, basically. He is not exactly a demigod. He is the chief of all demigods, but he is in charge of a particular duty as a Maintainer of the mode of goodness. Vishnu Teja. Did people chant Hare Krishna before Chaitanya Mahaprabhu? Hare Krishna Mantra has always been there in the literature, in the Vedas. It was emphasized by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, especially for this Kali Yuga. Otherwise, the mantra was always always there. So, yeah, there have been people who have been chanting. The mantra was there. So, those are the questions. Anything else? I think... Um, However, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu added the prema to the chanting. Am I right, Prabhu? No, no. 
See, the love of Godhead is an eternal fact. It's not that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came and added something. It is already there. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is revealing to us the highest limits of love of Godhead. The highest limits are already there. It is just that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu revealed it to us. It is already there. Nitya Siddha Krishna Bhakti Sadhya Bunaya Shravanadi Shuddha Chitta Kore Udaya you know, Krishna Prema, the love of Godhead is already there in everyone's heart. It just has to be uncovered. It is now covered with all dust of materialism. Oh, Janani Janma Bhumischa Svargadapi Gariyasi is the national motto of Nepal. Oh, is it? I did not know that. Hmm. So, Prabhupada quoted that actually. That means Janani and Janma Bhumi are more than Svarga. So that is there. All right, I think. There are other some quotations you can take a look. But pretty much that's the end of the session. I think so. If there is any other new question. Vimal Prabhu, he is saying, you know, Samarth wants to say that he likes the classes. <laughs> so, Samarth is actually a small boy, I think 4, 5 or 6 years old boy, about Prahlad Maharaj's age and uh, he is also a very nice devotee. So, you know, he is liking the classes, so that is good. So, at this age we must start. Um, Alright, thank you very much for joining in this class and I hope today was a much more smoother experience for you all. So I had to do a lot of research into setting up this way and I think it's for me also I can see all the comments and everything very clearly and in fact I'm uh, using uh, the iPad as a as a screen source and all these things you know uh, it's nicely possible. In fact many more things are possible. I will slowly try to increment the quality of these live streams so that you will have more pleasurable experience and not like yesterday. Anyway, from mistakes we learn and in fact, I wanted to just before you all leave, I wanted to announce this very important thing that after this Narsimha Leela, I just wanted to announce what is coming up. So we have <clears throat> the course of how to learn shlokas. We have that coming up and we have a course, uh, a, a series of seminars on the Ritvik system of initiations and the initiations after 1977 our book that is there and all of your questions whatever they are get them ready in your mind note them out somewhere and when we are going to start those I think maybe in uh, two or three days two days maybe more that we should finish the Narsim Halila and after that maybe on Tuesday probably we will start with the um, either of Ritvik system first or the Shloka learning first because today is the 9th of May and in Singapore the circuit breaker which is like the partial lockdowns situation is until June 1st so we have 20 days more so 22 days about so we should make the most of these 22 days three weeks we have so we want to f finish as much as possible in these few days and then we will be so that every devotee is strengthened by this so i request all of you to share these um, videos and 
especially the strengthening foundations one and the nectar of instruction are supremely important and following this we have how to learn shlokas and how to understand the ritvik system in detail all right with that i would like to conclude thank you very much for joining uh, we'll see you tomorrow hare krishna jai shri prabhupad ki jai narsimhadev bhagwan ki jai prahlad maharaj ki jai shrimad bhagavatam ki jai nitai gaur premanande hari hari bol